Good morning. It's Wednesday, May 6, 2015. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 167. My name is Chris, and I'm not wearing a virtual reality reality headset yet, but it looks like I will be very soon. That is our top story today. To dig right into it, let's bring in the Mumble Room. Time appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Good morning. Guys, 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 I am very excited as an Oculus DK2 uh, owner. I I cannot wait for the Oculus version of virtual reality to hit the mainstream market. And it looks like we may have a rift shipping in Q1 of 2016, maybe just in time for my birthday. It looks like a new unit Oculus is announcing as well, uh, something a little nicer, a little more consumer friendly, a little cleaner in design. Uh, it builds on the presence and, of course, all of the other uh, aesthetics of the original Oculus, though. So it's it looks similar if you've seen the uh, prototypes, much more uh, curvy. In the weeks ahead, they're going to review, review uh, reveal the details about the hardware, the software, the input methods, uh, and some unannounced made-for-VR games that will be coming to the Rift. So that'll be coming next week. We'll cover it in Tech Talk today when they announce that. Uh, I'm looking forward to They also say they're going to have more technical specifications about the Rift posted very soon. Uh, I don't know about you guys. <clears throat> I'm trying to look at this picture. They don't have very high-resolution pictures here. I can't quite tell if, if these, if these um, things on the side of the Oculus are antennas or wire conduits. But if they've eliminated some of the wires that hang off of it, that is going to be huge for consumers. So I'm trying to look at I'm trying to look at that and trying to <clears throat> trying to figure out what that is. So I'm really looking forward to getting some of the technical specs because uh, this could be huge. And of course, you've got Samsung's Galaxy VR coming to market, um, and uh, that's looking pretty good. Valve is working with HTC to bring uh, their Vive to market or whatever it's called. Uh, I was hoping we'd see this in 2015, but uh, Oculus is saying the first quarter of 2016. Uh, Mr. Rottencorpse, what do you think? Uh, you think it's bogus, or do you think it's something you might be interested in picking up? Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in VR in a in general sense, but with Oculus, not at all. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, mainly because of the you know just the Facebook thing, and I know that sounds mm. ridiculous, but I don't I don't want to have a VR that pops up ads in the corner all the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, Valve thing looks awesome, right? And they're not the only game in town, so there's other horses you can bet on. So that's a good that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually excited for the Valve one because of the HTC uh, build quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Ham Radio? Would you pick yourself up an Oculus Rift uh, consumer headset in early 2016 if you had the cash laying around? I think I would. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and just to experiment with, or do you think you'd actually try to integrate it into your workflow? Like, imagine editing with an Oculus Rift. Hmm, I think that could be pretty awesome. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> you could get right in that waveform and and look at the stuff and move things around. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it'd be pretty. It'd be pretty cool if you could actually do like it. Like those nineteen nineties sci-fi movies where you can just get inside the computer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I I think that'd be like mm-hmm. uh, like 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 uh I was trying to think of hackers. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Fly around the buildings. What do you think, Corky? Are we missing the mark here? Is there something else that uh, VR might have a great opportunity for? I think VR is great, but I, I'm willing to hold off until they nail the movies experience, whether that's in te- technical specs or getting movies supported on Oculus. That's going to be a massive thing because yeah. games isn't everything. Yeah, I mean, talk about the ultimate big screen experience. Wow. Who needs 3D? This is way better. I think that would be really weird, though, because if, <laughs> yeah. if it's a movies setup, then... 
it's not going to be like you know 360 degree movie maybe not and i mean maybe eventually they would have to they maybe but you could maybe get a decent like field of view like look around a little bit the other thing yeah, i was like thinking imax in your face uh, at least for me, uh, movies are generally a social experience. Not always, but a lot of times they're a social experience. And how does that change when you have to wear a headset? Are you uh, are you both walking? Are you both sitting on the couch now, or all of you sitting on the couch wearing headsets? Uh, how does that work exactly? But it seems like on flights, during travel, in doctors' offices, when you're or like the dentist's office, even you know when they're working on you, because uh, like right now they give my kids movie glasses. They're they're, they're glasses that have movies playing in them. So why not do this? Um, Oh man, Minecraft and the Oculus VR or, or VR could just be incredible. I'm pretty excited. So I'm really, really looking forward to the technical details though because that's really where some of the uh, potential gotchas could come out is in the tech details we're going to see next week. And hopefully when they say tech de- 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 uh, details, <laughs> hopefully they actually mean it. <clears throat> Speaking of things that I'm curious about the details on, Reddit is launching its own video division to create original content, they say. Um, I guess everybody's got to do it. Uh, Reddit has grown to a massive size. They say 170 million monthly visitors, 6.7 billion page views in just in January. So that's you know obviously a, a, a pretty uh, pretty popular site. So they have of course Reddit TV already. Uh, we've seen I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, they've recently raised some additional funds, and with the additional funds, they're going to invest in a video platform. <clears throat> where they can feature their advertising system. And by creating its own content, Reddit can better control the conversation, they say, around the marketing and also tap into the more lucrative advertising formats. Whatever the hell that means. Uh, what do you guys think? Excited about a uh, Reddit created? So think about this. When you think of a, a Reddit original content, maybe it's a video interview of an AMA. Instead of the AMA being done in text, maybe it's done over video, taking live questions, and then produced as a show. Would you be interested in something like that? Yes, Definitely. I would also be more interested. I think it'd be really cool to have a video series of uh, explaining like I'm five. Hmm. Here's what I don't understand, though. <clears throat> Why is this Reddit's job? I thought Reddit's job was to link to shit, not create the shit. So here's my problem with it: is it's kind of like Google getting into the content business, and now all of a sudden people are concerned about. Google featuring their content over other people's content. If Reddit gets into the content business, well, isn't the whole point of Reddit to link to content? I don't understand well, that. If you think I, about it, the AMAs are, you know, they, they kind of accidentally created that system. But did Reddit create it or did the users who operate the subreddit create it? Well, the people who operate the subreddit are Reddit people. Hmm. They're not. They are, they're actual Reddit employees. Oh, okay. All right. There's a few of them. Like, yeah, like, I guess that would uh, make Victoria sense as like a popular is, yeah. one. Yeah, you know, with some of the larger ones, that would make sense. See, so but you kind of get where I'm going. It's, it kind of feels like a little bit of that of they're they're sort of transitioning from a a, a link warehouse to now a content farm. And I do kind of grok what you're saying because they are creating, a, they are already doing it. They are already creating content. Video is the next logical step. Uh, I don't know. I think actually, it's probably if they do it right, I think it'd be pretty badass. So I'm not really opposed to it. They've already done it once, though. Remember, Imager is an offshoot of Reddit already. Yeah, but those people actually like left, left, right? No, technically, Imager was a it was a website created by a, a user of Reddit, of, of you know, someone who was just a fan of Reddit, and then they created it and give it to Reddit just as like a you know a tribute to Reddit sort of thing. Have you and uh, then Reddit adopted it? Oh, okay. They, uh, okay. they are an independent company, though. They're not associated right. to the Reddit parent company, as far as I know. Right, right. Then, they were created separately, yeah. but they have a partnership, like a heavy partnership. So, have you guys seen Reddit.tv? Have you done that that whole thing? 
where they I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's kind of like a front end to the different subreddits to the video that's in those subreddits. Like, oh boy, let's let's uh, here we'll roll the uh, the internet dice here, and here's a video from Reddit.tv. Let's see what we get. Hey everyone, and welcome to Ida Eye. She is one of the most successful models in the business, but you have never seen her face. Susan Copen strikes a pose with America's next top hand model <laughs> for CBS News Sunday morning. The title is this Why hand. This lady is a complete psycho. I like to say that my hands look good naked. They are really just the perfect, neutral toned hands. So what? the skin is flawless. What? And it's very even toned, so it what? lights well and it photographs well. What? The nails are very, very healthy and they mm. just emanate, like radiate health and, and, and good care. So, I mean, you're very protective of your hands. This is great. I'm incredibly protective. I view my hands as elite athletes, like um, <laughs> athletes. Oh, no. And so everything I do is to protect them from being in any jeopardy or any danger in any way. So for me, that means oh, no she's... cooking, no cleaning, no taking out the garbage. Uh, for those of you uh, w- just listening, uh, she is, um, they, they cut to some B-roll of how she walks around and she has a long black uh, velvet gloves that go to her elbows her their gloves that go down to her elbows and she walks around holding her hands up like the like don't shoot kind of pose but that's because she doesn't want her hands to touch anything boy i never thought about that i hope you guys don't mind but the the, the insights to the, the to, to the daily tr- troubles of a hand model are fascinating the garbage no opening cans no opening windows no opening doors no gardening no sports you know no 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 a million no's um but you know, because for me, an injury really would mean a paper cut or a broken nail. or a Okay, little- all right, all right, that's enough. That's, that's just crazy. All right, so there's Reddit TV. Now, again, though, that's not their content. So I could see Reddit stepping up and actually creating something that was of, you know, you know unique quality. Uh, Reddit.tv if you want to re- watch the rest of that clip. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Reddit, it's going to be curious to how they pull this off. One of the things that's unique is even though they're pretty huge as a website, the company itself, I mean, they're owned by Condé Nast, but the, the Reddit company itself is actually pretty, pretty compact. It's pretty tight. Uh, so uh, it could be a big strain on a pretty small team, but uh, we will see. We will see what happens. We'll keep an eye on it. All right. So one story that I'm following for Unfiltered tonight, <clears throat> it came out on The Intercept. The Intercept is uh, uh, the uh, the website put together by uh, the guy that used to run PayPal, uh, Pierre Drive My Car, and also by um, Glenn Greenwald and others. And they've written up a uh, – Dan, who works over there, has written up a post on how the NSA does text transcription of your phone calls and how it's been going since 2006. And it's interesting. Of course, they're top secret documents from Edward Snowden's uh, NSA archive that they're still going through. The documents show the NSA analysts celebrating the development of what they called Google for Voice nearly a decade ago. Through a perfect transcription of natural conversation, apparently remains the intelligence community's holy grail, they say, though the perfect transcription is the holy grail, the Snowden documents describe extensive use of keyword searching as well as computer programs designed to analyze and extract the content of voice conversations and even use sophisticated algorithms to flag conversations of interest. The documents include vivid examples of... The use of speech recognition in war zones like Iraq and Afghanistan, as well as in Latin America. But they leave unclear exactly how widely the spy agency uses its ability, particularly in programs that pick up considerable amounts of conversations that include people who live or are citizens of the United States. Uh, So the technical insights are actually pretty neat. Um, And they talk about how the USA Freedom Act, which is currently in development right now, uh, would impact this, which I think is also a good read. I'm going to look into that for Unfilter. But uh, I thought this was kind of fascinating. So they called it uh, they called it uh, their Google for voice. But they say the transcripts are not 100 percent perfect, but they get a lot of information and they can search against it. And they've had it working since 2006. Interesting. 
And all this stuff Don't just worry, keeps coming out. They just want the metadata for the transcript. It's okay. They just want the metadata. Right. I mean, we're not actually listening to the phone calls. We're reading them. That's a huge difference, guys. That's a huge difference. Uh, voice RT is a voice transcription in real time system that they can deploy in some limited amount of capacity as well. Uh, and then they put it up on a nice website. Then the uh, analysts can go through and uh, read it all. And we even have a few copies of the slides here from 2006. Uh, better filtering and selection using the latest generation of voice processing technologies. Uh, that's one bullet point. Increase efficiency of available linguists. Allows analysts to affect collection priorities and react to changing linguistics word patterns. Hmm. Possible future integration with checkpoint collection, voice, and biometrics. Ooh, combine it all together. The NSA can. Fascinating. And, uh, and uh, this is a lot of this is coming from a... Uh, uh, in a 2006 memo where they were intercepting Iranian uh, communications, and then a 2011 memo where they talked about how human language is, is progressing and how the NSA is keeping up to date with that. And another 2011 memo called uh, Finding Nuggets Quickly where they talk about how they could find intelligence in these transcripts. So the Intercept has gone through and put a ton of these different things together to basically write up a, a larger picture of how the NSA can go through different facets of voice communication and uh, – analyze it and how they learn to adapt for people who try, try to use code when they speak or things like that. Pretty pretty good write-up. It's been a while since we had a great one um, and uh, from The Intercept. And one of the things they're doing now that I like a lot is uh, at the bottom of the article, at least I haven't noticed this before, is they're linking to all of the, uh, all of the articles or documents in one succinct place. They do it in line in the story, but then for reference – all of them that they have publicly available, you can now just go get. They're all uh, referenced and dated right here at the article. So it's really good if you just you know want to verify the facts. I think they're doing a good job with that. So that's the story. I'll follow up some more uh, on Unfilter tonight. Hey, before we run, something that doesn't get a lot of attention around here, but it was brought up just before we started, is the Rust language is going to have a release real soon. Who, who was it that pinged me about Rust before we started the show? Who'd... It was Corky, I believe. Oh, where did Corky? And he left? Well... <laughs> I'll, I'll do the gerb for him then, because he was going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, but uh, the Rust language uh, has uh, 1.0 coming up really soon, and uh, they're getting together. They're organizing their release parties and celebrations, meetups around the world, uh, and they want to know if you're planning to have one. You can hit them up on Twitter, twitter.com slash rustlang or at rustlang on Twitter. And uh, just, you know, uh, it's, a, it's, an, it's, a, it's an open source uh, language that we do not talk about very much because I don't ever use it, obviously. I'm not a developer. But you can find out more at rust-lang.org, and I know it's a favorite. In the community, does anybody else have anything they want to mention about it before I move on? Because I'm not a Rust user, so not either. Okay, all right. Thanks, Corky. Thanks. Well, we we, we did one for you. Took one for the team. Um, I had some uh, Plex feedback that I came into the Tech Talk today subreddit. That I thought was interesting because uh, I think a lot of us are Plex users and considering maybe upgrading to Cody. And so uh, J. Miller wrote in. He said, "I have uh, I've had Plex on a server for an age, and I've had Plex Pass for nearly as long. But more recently, the free version looks better than the paid version. They've introduced some premium music stuff and four key features like Grace Note support, HD music from Vivo." Genius-type mixes and mood-based mixes, and a discovery thing in the Android app where you can discover your own music. I do love a lot of things about Plex and Plex Pass, that you can have trailers on your NAS in the movie folder. It's brilliant, and it does cloud sync. But the most recent Plex Pass editions seem to, like they're pulling related content from YouTube. I don't really want content from YouTube on my server. Well, it's not actually on your server. Uh, so I'm actually thinking about canceling Plex Pass, and I'm taking, uh, taking my own stuff on my own server. All this discovery and related content stuff, if I wanted that, I'd be using YouTube or Spotify. I don't need it. Uh, I'm not saying that any of these things are doing are bad because I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot out of them. They're just not necessarily for me. 
Uh, and so he goes on to say, I'm thinking about canceling my Plex pass and building something else. And I thought this would probably be a good time to say, I'm a pretty big fan of Plex and Plex pass, but I... I would be curious, uh, Rotten Corpse, if you know, is there sort of, uh, I, I know that there kind of is, but I just don't know really how you do it, a sort of Plex Pass remote watch your media, like say from a tablet or Android device for Cody, that if uh, C, uh, DJ Miller here wanted to uh, move on, and but he still wanted that functionality, he could accomplish that with Cody? Yes, uh, the difference, it's, it's actually an add-on for Cody. Oh, okay. It's called Plex BMC. Oh, so uh, it was just, made a long oh, time huh. ago. So does it use Plex server still then? Yes, it uses the Plex server and creates like an, uh, an integration feature so that your Plex server can send to Cody specifically. And the UI, though, that you're using to, to navigate the library and access all the files, that's still XP or uh, Cody? Yeah, it's a Cody thing. Oh. It's, it's actually, there, there's a, the add-on has like its own um, UI as well, like an extra like additional stuff, but it, does, it uses the main Cody UI. But you just go into the, you go into the Cody add-ons, uh, video add-ons, and then you go to the Plex BMC. And that's what you, that's where you use it. There you go. So that might be so. If he's ready to move on from Plex, that might be a direction to go to go to Cody. And if he still wants that remote streaming functionality, you do Plex XB, XBMC, or I'm sure they'll eventually rename right. it to Plex Cody or something. You can, you can also do with uh, uh, any uh, media server whatsoever because Cody supports everything. So mm-hmm. the only thing that I like about Plex is the fact that it does like the automatic transcoding. But right. there are other ser- services that do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it's it seems I think that if you're the type of person where you're feeling like you're having those kind of issues with Plex and you're bumping into that, you're probably the type of person who's comfortable enough to roll your own Cody implementation. Hey, uh, Corky, before we run, did you want to? Uh, we mentioned the uh, the Rust uh, Lang uh, 1.0 release coming up soon. Is there anything you wanted to mention about that? Well, um, we've talked about Rust a little before, but uh, it's just over a week before the official 1.0 release, so. Um, they're getting meetups kind of around the globe. So if you want to get involved in the near future, maybe have a look, have a talk about Rust, learn what it is, um, just join in because it's going to be really fun. Cool. It seems like a good time to get in too. Uh, I, I wanted to mention something else that I'm really, really excited about. We talked about it yesterday in Linux Unplugged episode 91, open source collaboration. We had Aaron Saigo come on the show, and uh, he talked about how uh, Roundcube is uh, going through a fundraiser right now to raise funds for Roundcube Next, and after that, they're going to be integrating the Roundcube mail client into the Colab groupware. The reason why I'm excited about all of this is Colab is uh, one of the really true great open source collaboration sort of exchange killer projects out there. There's others like Zimbra, but Zimbra has some uh, proprietary bits, and Colab is truly open all the way through and through. And one of the things they're doing is they're bringing Mappy support for Outlook. So you can take Outlook and make it think it's talking to an exchange server, but actually have it talk to a Linux-based Colab server. And they're going to open source that. And they're going to be the only project that's keeping that open. And, And that Back in the day, when that first happened, when there was a different uh, company that was maintaining that code, that made it possible for a lot of people I worked with to switch to Zimbra and other things. It was huge, huge, huge. And so the fact that they would be integrating Roundcube and Mappy support into Colab uh, is extremely exciting. It's going to be an extremely competitive open source groupware product. They don't have necessarily all of the things I want to see yet, like um, first-class GPG support, but I believe they will get there eventually. 
I also like the company, the people who work for it, and where they're based because of uh, um, some of the legal things that uh, implications there. So uh, we talk about all of that and a lot more in episode 91 of Linux Unplugged. And I just, I'd just i like to invite you to go listen to it. Maybe you want to back the, um, the uh, Roundcube project after you hear it because I'm really excited about that. Speaking of backing something, patreon.com slash today. You could back the Jupiter Broadcasting Network, all the shows on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network, including this here Tech Talk Today show and future shows we're working on, like How To Linux and other things. Um, you, you'll see it. We've, we've released other shows that uh, – like what Women's Tech Radio that have been uh, financed by this. But uh, also we've done a lot of things in the recent past. Uh, we just like uh, bringing people out to go to Linux Fest, going to a, a nice team dinner and all of those things. Just even the small stuff like team dinners to um, <laughs> a, a late night run down to Fry's to build a broadcasting machine. A lot of that. All of that really made possible. Because of our patrons. Over at patreon.com slash today. It really does make the difference. And long term, as we grow this network and we start to bring people on and we want to start hiring, I would like to be able to grow this. I think this is where we should probably go to seek more funding. Not necessarily the sponsor out if possible. There's a mix there probably. But I think the ideal thing is to stay completely responsible to our audience and say, you guys are the bosses. You guys hold them. You guys are the majority investors in our finances. You guys, at the end of the day, are always going to have the final vote. And that is why I'm continuing to say I think we need to build this out further so that we, as we start taking on staff at Jupiter Broadcasting full time and things like that, we lean on this source of funding instead of other commercial sources. And I think that is going to make for a perfect listener-focused network. I think that's what's going to give us sort of that edge where it doesn't need to have that special twist. It doesn't, it doesn't have to have that, get, that catchy sort of attention-grabbing headline like I ranted about yesterday from The Verge. It can be legitimate, genuine reporting uh, because we're only responsible to report to you. Patreon.com slash today. And thanks to all 484 of you who support this network. Still, some of you who have, well, about half of you who have not watched the uh, latest behind the scenes video that I really, if you're a patron, I really would like you to go watch that. And it's up there. Just go to patreon.com slash today, log in and check the activity feed. It's the latest April update post. Okay, guys, is there anything else we need to cover before we run today? I think. No? Wow, look at that. We got right through it. I felt like today we were working like a team. We just, we busted through that. Uh, And so uh, yesterday we played an ISP commercial. I have one more. And this one, it... Yeoman Rand. This one's in memory of Yeoman Rand. She uh, she uh, passed away over the weekend, I think, or uh, recently from Star Trek. If you know what I'm talking about, then you probably know because you've probably seen it all over Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Uh, so this commercial, I don't actually think she's in this commercial, but this commercial is it's like one of my favorite ones growing up. Yes, it's a telephone company commercial, but this might be the best damn telephone company commercial ever. All right, that right, I'll leave it right there. Join us at techtalktoday.reddit.com throughout the week. Join me tomorrow, jblive.tv, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Thanks for being here. See you tomorrow, everybody. Hi, I'm Chris, and this is Anna with MCI. She recently started a great friends and family calling circle. A group of friends that wanted to get back in touch. I believe I actually said we should resume communicating. So Anna called, and I signed up. And Chris called me. I thought if anybody belongs in friends and family, it's us. I used to get tired of staring at those faces. Now I kind of miss them. I joined to save the 20% because when I call him, I end up talking to an answering machine, which is more interesting than he is. I'm usually home. I'm just selective about the calls I take. (laughs) When they were forming the circle they obviously saved the best for last oh that's why she called me next who is that how did you get in here there seems to be some error i believe you were in the wrong circle calls to your own friends and family circle. Every week, thousands of people join the millions who already have MCI friends and family. If you'd like to be one of them, give us a ring. After all, 
Shouldn't your least expensive calls be to the people you care about and call all the time? 